My friends, welcome back to the Smoky Mirror Podcast. I love you all so much. I'm joined by a man named King Randall, founder of the X for Boys organization. He's doing amazing work building up our boys into competent men who will become assets for their community. He's only 22 years old, but he's already opening up his own school, the Life Preparatory School. And tonight, I hope to learn more details about his story and to find out how I and other men around the country can replicate his efforts to uplifting our young men. King Randall, thank you for joining me. Man, I appreciate you for having me. I'm glad to be here, honestly. Absolutely, absolutely. So I hope you don't mind if I refer to you as like your highness, your majesty throughout the conversation. Don't do that. Don't do that? Oh, okay, don't do that. Don't do that. All right. Well, um, similarly to how we were talking earlier, we're doing a Black Future Month. And so one thing I always say is we have to be intentional about where we're going in the future if we want to get the outcomes that we're looking for. And historically, we've been spinning our wheels doing the same things and expecting different results. And when you look at the results in our community, the achievement gap, if you will, the way that our communities are deteriorating, um, things need to change. And so I really respect what you're doing. And honestly, you're doing what I what I really aspire to be. I, after my experience teaching, I wanted to open up my own school, but I thought I had to wait you know, years and years and years mm-hmm. to, to figure it out. And so just to see what you've been able to do at such a young age has been truly inspiring. So I appreciate what you're doing very much yeah man i appreciate you i just want to show people you know you don't there's no age limit no time limit or anything you know i always look at some of our older leaders who were uh great leaders at young ages you know like fred hampton at 21 years old you know we Mm -hmm. we were able to maneuver um in our young ages so you know i want to use that energy that i have now and get some wisdom from wise counsel and use my body for you know all the energy that it has right now so i can work now and then when i do turn 38 39 i can play at that time i can have a little fun but right now i'd rather work and build things absolutely so let's start off um with the summer program so i know you were around 19 years old you had your first child already and so how did you well, what made you start like, all right, you know what, I'm going to start taking boys in and, and start this program? Yeah, well, the program is, is just about the same age as Baby King. The program was born on January 19th and Baby King was born on January 28th. Uh, so, you know, they're the same age, honestly. Uh, but <laughs> the Extra Boys program I began uh, three years ago uh, when I was 19, simply because of a lot of the things that I had seen been seeing going on in the city of Albany, uh, just, you know, as far as murder, as far as robberies, etc. And a lot of these were young men ages uh, 15 to 25. Um, so, you know, I said multiple times uh, all the different things that we should be doing for our young men. And every time something happens, uh, people want to have a come to Jesus, you know, let's stop the violence meeting. Every time something happens, it's always a meeting and a meeting here and a meeting is we need to meet and we need to meet and we need to meet. And that's just not doing anything. It's always meetings. I'm just like, oh, we need to stop the meetings and actually do something. Right. Um, so, you know, I'd start offering solutions and people started asking me to come to all their meetings and speak about what I was saying. It sounded so great. And I'm just like, okay, let's actually do it, you know, now. And nobody wanted to move. So I was just like, I'm going to do it myself. I don't care. You know, you guys are going to take 10 years. I don't need any funding or anything. I didn't care about funding. I didn't care about the money, nothing. I just was like, I'll do it with nothing. And that's what I did. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so I was cutting hair and fixing cars and stuff like that. And I would use that money to take the children on field trips. Uh, We did our first field trip on January 19th, uh, 2019. And um, I took them to the African-American History Museum in Atlanta and the Center for Civil and Human Rights. And to hear the questions that these children were asking to see and the differences that they wanted to make. And honestly, seeing them not wanting to be in their condition, that's why I knew um, where I was supposed to be um, working with those children uh, three years ago. And ever since then, you know, I hit the ground running. 
I started teaching children how to work on cars. Uh, we did oil change workshops, brake change workshops. Um, and then after that, I did my summer program at my house um, in the summer of 2019. I uh, started teaching them how to work on cars. Uh, we, we changed ceiling fans. We did sheetrock. We painted. We grew our own food. Um, I mean, anything you could think of, I tried to teach them during that summertime. And during the summer, I realized a lot of the children couldn't actually read. And that's where I had the biggest issue. And that's where the school idea came from. I uh, I simply said, I was like, man, um, these kids can't read. And I told them, I was like, listen, I'm going to start you guys at school one day. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but we only eventually start you guys at school. Not sure how it's going to happen, but we're going to get one done. And, um, you know, lo and behold, you know, <laughs> two and a half years later, um, here we are, you know, with four buildings and 40 acres of land, you know, getting ready to start their school. Um, so, I mean, it's just a, been a beautiful process, um, you know, just staying uh, with the work, uh, keeping some big boy faith, you know, and, and trying to make things happen. So that's that's kind of where, you know, we started from. That's really dope. And I I, I couldn't believe because I was teaching middle school and I couldn't believe that 12, 13, 14 year olds couldn't read, couldn't do mm -hmm. simple times tables like three times five. And yet we yep. were still doing the same things over and over and over again. Other teachers saying like, yeah, I've been here eight years and it's the same thing every year. And I'm just like, why do we keep doing the same thing? So kudos to you for, for taking a stand and starting. Um, how many kids were you working with um, in that summer program when you first started? Uh, 20. I had 20 boys uh, in that program. Um, I would teach in my dining room, had a small dry erase board. Um, for the boys and I just put it on my wall and I turned my dining room into a classroom. I still have those old pictures um, that I took of them in that in that dining room. And um, yeah, that's I started with 20 boys. Mm -hmm. OK, and so you started off learning. I know the the automotive skills, the farming, the. Um, did General you do contracting. any right? The, yeah. the book mm -hmm. club, the, the book club was around that time, too. Yeah, and they were all at your, and they were all at yeah. your house, all at my house. Yep, How did you. Day. How did you have enough money to to take care of them? Literally just from cutting hair and, and things like that? I literally just tried my hardest to make it happen. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's that's dope. Because yeah. I, I hear a lot of people always like, oh, you know, money or or a bunch of issue or uh, excuses. Making no excuses about it. Me and my little brother would get up early in the morning. We would go. I would go cut hair. We go fix people's cars. My brother is 16 now, but um, we'd be out all at night painting people's houses, et cetera, you know, just doing what we could to, to make money for the kids. And even when I started taking temporary custody of the children, some of them came to live with me. Um, same thing, you know, cutting hair, fixing cars. Sometimes we were eating beanies and weenies and hot and ready pieces, but that's what we had to do um, in order for me to be able to give them a better lifestyle and try and help change their lives. So you know, um, just putting your mind into it and, and it not being a job to me. This is what I actually wanted to do. So it mm -hmm. wasn't just extremely tiring or stressful because it's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see the changes in these children. And, you know, uh, nobody, I believe, is going to match that consistency. You know, at such a young age, I, I meant it and I stand by it. You know, to this day, I, I refuse to allow them uh, to have subpar lives when I could help change them. So Absolutely. And so now I kind of want to transition into when you had the idea to start the school, when did you start to raise the funds and do the GoFundMe? How did that all transpire? Uh, well, originally, um, I, I did no type of fundraiser or anything. Originally, it was just the idea. Um, I didn't, I honestly didn't know how I was going to do it. I just had the idea. And um, I, I was posting on social media at the time uh, some of the different things that we've been doing. Um, but I wasn't posting as much as I should have on social media. Uh, so, you know, 
people will start saying, you know, you should start posting more of what you're doing so people can see, you know, and support. And I was just like, all right. You know, so I started posting on Twitter and things like that. Wouldn't really get any traction. Had about 20, 30 followers on there. Um, like I was just because I had found like an old Twitter account that I made and I started using it and um, just just posting every now and then. But one day I posted uh, about me and the boys doing some sheetrock and it started circulating on Twitter um, and it circulated on Twitter. And, you know, I told some people what I was trying to do and they were like, well, you need to make a GoFundMe account for this or whatever. And I was just like, all right. And so, you know, <laughs> after that first week, we had raised like 10 to 20 K like that first week, like just wow. from people just seeing us on Twitter, it was insane. And um, that's when I started building shopping uh, for, you know, just trying to find a building. I mean, it was the most beautiful thing just to see all those people who didn't have a clue as to who we were, but saw what we were trying to do. So, um, you know, I went building shopping and we were looking at this one building about two years ago. And, um, you know, it didn't work out with that building because we weren't able to raise the money fast enough for that location and they wouldn't budge and they needed the money, you know, immediately. So then we started looking at uh, our, one of our local school systems buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an old building that was up for demolition. Um, it had been sitting there for about two to three years. Um, Isabella, empty. right? Yeah, the Isabella uh, school. Mm-hmm. And um, we were looking uh, at that building and, you know, we uh, got into a, a negotiations with them in regards to purchasing that location. And um, uh, we we were in negotiations with them for maybe about seven months or so. And, um, you know, it was a really long, drawn out process. Uh, we, you know, we were trying to make it happen. And um, we get to our contract and the contract, uh, one of the stipulations, well, one of the special stipulations, it was six of them. It said the deed of conveyance shall contain a use restriction that we cannot operate a private or a charter school out of that location unless they taught the curriculum. And I was just like, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm like, I'm trying to start our own school. I don't understand what exactly, like, that don't make any sense. Um, so, you know, we brought that up or whatever, but um, nothing ever made sense. And, um, you know, we got into a big debacle with them and uh, we just decided to to, to end negotiations uh, in regards to buying the Isabella school. Um, <clears throat> so we ended up buying three buildings, um, which is- Oh, wait, let me, let me pause you right there really quick before you get into that, because I, I listened to how you did the update um, on the Isabella school. And I thought mm-hmm. it was, you know, the way you handled it was great. You're real professional with the emails. The whole time you're really professional. I was really taken aback by- um, the comment that was made about the competition, because it was like, if if they were doing the right thing and if our boys were being taught, there wouldn't be a need for any quote unquote competition. And so why does the state have a monopoly over <laughs> over our boys? And then what's worse, they're driving them into the ground, like not even doing what they're supposed to be doing. So I thought that comment was really telling about kind of the thought process of some people that might be in the school system um and it was really kind of it was kind of disturbing to be honest and I was glad that kind of like how you said God operates in abundance that you were able to get even more than just the one building so go ahead and tell us about that yeah so uh, we ended up getting three buildings uh right now I'm in one of them um at our resource center our resource center is comprised of three buildings um it's they're all in a central location um they're all on one block um, and we purchased these buildings originally to begin our school out of. Um, so we bought all these buildings cash. Um, they're paid for. And um, uh, with the money we did raise. Uh, so oh, pause right there again. I'm sorry. I'm, I really want to break this down because I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So the 100K was for the 50, 40 acres. Mm-hmm. And then for the three buildings, how much 
if you don't mind. I know you uh, explained it. That's but. fine. Yeah, we, sp- we spent $70,000. All of our books are online, by the way. If anybody wants to go to dexforboys.org and see whatever we spend the money on, it's, it's on our website. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so but yeah, we spent $70,000 um, on our three buildings for the resource center. Okay. Um, so yeah, we spent $70,000 and we're just going to start the school out of here. Um, then um, maybe about a month or two later after we closed on these buildings, my former realtor who was trying to sell us the first building reached out to me and she said, hey, King, I got a school downtown for sale and you need to buy it. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, there are no schools downtown. Like, we don't have any schools downtown. I'm like, I'm sitting here in my head like, what school? Is she? There's no schools downtown for sale. I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. She's like, it's a school downtown for sale. And she was like, I got a basketball gym. I'm like, there are no schools downtown for sale. Like, what, what are you talking about? There's no school downtown. And she's like, yes, it is. I'm like, okay. And she was like, send me the address. And it, uh, she was like, it's a former church, you know, with a school attached to it. So I was fami- really familiar with the church. I went to pre-K here, mm. but I don't remember a school, like a full school being in there. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I went to pre-K here. It was, it was called Friendship, um, Friendship Pre-K and it was Friendship, Friendship Baptist Church. And I get there and I tour this location and it is gigantic. It is 41,000 square feet, 25 Mm. classrooms, basketball gym, cafeteria, elevator, two floors. I mean, it is a chapel. It is gigantic. It is a massive facility. And I was like, yes. I was like, (laughs) what? I was like, unfortunately, we just spent all our money on the other buildings. I'm like, we don't have any money, you know, to, uh, to get in here. Like, I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm like, I would love to buy it, but we don't have the money. And she was just like, well, you got to do something. She was like, call some of your donors. And see, I was like, I said, listen, I said, I really would love to. I said, but we've drugged this process out for almost two years now. And we've been raising money for two years. I said, I'm not trying to be out here raising a whole bunch of money and still keep asking for more for a building that we ain't even started nothing yet. Like I said, this is going to look bad optically, mm-hmm. you know, whatever like that. <clears throat> so she said, um, We'll just call the people. So I call a few of our donors and they were like, okay, well, you know, we trust, trust what you're doing. You know, you're out there working with those kids. We trust you. So I had some of them send money, you know, had my savings, my mom's savings, my grandma's savings, you know, like we was all trying to make it happen. We just did not have enough. So I was just like, you know, can y'all give me some, just some more time, you know, to, to try and figure something out. So I went out on a limb and I went on Twitter. I didn't make a video, didn't make a photo post, nothing. I just got on Twitter and I said, um, we need to raise $50,000 by Christmas to get started on renovations for our school. And, um, you know, so we can get in this building. And um, I started the Twitter, uh, that was in November. I started the Twitter fundraiser um, and I was trying to raise 50K by Christmas. Mm. So I started the fundraiser. We raised $1,000 in 20 minutes. The next hour, it was $2,000. The next three hours, it was $7,000. The next few hours it was 10,000 and 15 then 20k wow. and we we ended up raising the entire 50k in 36 hours it was <laughs> insane wow um and we closed on the building next week yep that's incredible next week. it was insane uh how fast god moved for us at the time and it was just mind-blowing to me to see so many people supporting like these are people I don't even know. It was 410 people who who helped us raise that fifty thousand hmm. um, dollars, and it was just beautiful to see, you know, how fast it happened. And I had made a deadline of Christmas, you know, and they were like, "Nah, we'll get this now." Right, you know, this week, um, next we, couple of days. Yeah, 
Yep. So we close on the building next week and, you know, we're in there now. We just got an inspection done in the building. So we're trying to get together for a volunteer day or a volunteer weekend for people who've been wanting to come help us, you know, work on the school and things like that. HVAC, painting, electricity, plumbing, you name it. Uh, so we'll be posting that inspection report probably on tomorrow. And then we'll also be getting a video done with the uh, inspection, kind of just walking through the building and I'm um, saying what's wrong and what needs to be done. And for people who want to come volunteer, you know, and help us, um, that'd be, you know, an awesome move uh, for people who want to come help us. We have the dates already. We just got to go ahead and release that, which I'll probably do on tomorrow, do a full video and um, get that out so people can, you know, figure out when when they when they can, you know, uh, block off their calendars uh, so they can come and help um, with our school since we plan to open in September. It's a massive facility. Uh, we'll be having the boys there too. So people who want to help, you know, teach the boys different things, they'll be able to work on their own school, pressure washing, what have you. Um, it's, it's just going to be awesome. I'm, I'm excited about it. And so many people are already asking, when can they come help volunteer, et cetera. So I'm just extremely excited about it. Um, we've just been operating off faith for the last three years and, and stuff's been happening. Uh, so I'm just, I'm just grateful. Absolutely. I love to hear that story because I always tell people all the time, like, you don't have to know the how, just know, just, just try it. You know what I'm saying? And, and things will happen for you when you have a righteous cause. And I really yep. do believe like that's some, something that more people need to, to get into their head, to, to have the confidence to kind of walk out on faith and say, I don't know how we're going to do it, but let's just, let's just do it. And then magic, like magic, mm -hmm. you're, you're get every, <laughs> everything happens. It falls into place. You got to believe what, it. You got to believe it. You got to believe mm -hmm. it. And I think a lot of times, when we have that victim mindset, we give that power away to other people and say, you know yeah. what, someone else has to has to do this for me. And then since we're giving away our power, we aren't able to do the things that we want to do and see it yeah. come to fruition. Mm -hmm. So that's powerful. Absolutely. Um, uh, OK, so you got the, the three buildings. I have a question about kind of like the your mentors, your donors. Like, how, can you kind of explain your the support system that you have in place? And what you would recommend people to, to set up if they're trying to try to do something like this? Uh, well, first of all, I have a council of elders. Mm -hmm. um, so my council of elders, I consult them with all my life decisions and not just in as far as business or as far as this, but it's literally everything. So I have my grandfathers, um, my uncles, my manager um, and other men that I trust. You know, I make decisions with all of them in regards to relationships, in regards to just any little decision that I make. I allow them to help me. I'm still 22. I don't know everything. And I try to have, you know, as many as much wise counsel as I possibly can mm -hmm. in regards to my life decisions. Um, I think every man needs that. And that's extremely important. I was raised by a village of men. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for those men who helped make me into who I am. Granted, I still make mistakes, still have things that I do wrong, but I still have people that I answer to. I still can get disciplined, et cetera. So, um, I have a council of elders as far as people that, um, you know, who help us, uh, these people just, you know, happen to see us online somewhere, you know, or saw me on the news or whatever. And, you know, we've just been able to make national press and people know about us all over the country. I go anywhere and people have seen me and like, we love what you're doing. Even when I went to London, I had a whole meeting greet there with people in London, England, who are fans of, you know, what we're doing right here in our little small town. Um, so it's, you know, just using the power of social media and, you know, people, you know, being just loving what you're doing. 
I mean, um, it, it's beautiful to see. I was I was in New York uh, one time. I think I went to um, Buffalo, I believe. But I was at the I was getting my rental car, and this lady was like, "Are you that guy with the school down in Georgia?" I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I get that everywhere. You know, it's it's just beautiful to see. Even when me and my boys, me and my boys were in the airport at one time, and um, uh, this guy he saw us, and he was like, "Hey, I know you guys." He gave all the boys a hundred dollars a piece. You know, just 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 because. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that's something you know is is inspiring too. Just seeing people. People who support us from everywhere but honestly using that power of social media constantly putting content out content is extremely important um, if people see anything that i'm doing now they always see like all this content we got episodes of our conflict corner coming out and we got book club every week and mm-hmm. you know we're everything we do we're posting you know is important because at first i didn't do that but people got to see what you're doing and people also want to see where their money's going too so right. every week posting every week we're doing whatever we're doing we're posting field trips or whatever we're posting videos content 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 because that's what keeps people you know engaged keep people feeling like they're a part of it you know etc instead of you know not not being vocal and not feeling like you ain't got to tell nobody nothing or you know and stuff like that i don't i don't don't like i don't operate like that i want people to know exactly what's going on at all times so they can see uh and feel a part of uh the the progress and feel a part of the project and feel a part of the school so yeah you definitely do a great job with the transparency you know that quarterly business review you do posting the the statements i think we should expect that a lot more from these organizations that are bringing Mm -hmm. in millions of dollars and then kind of disappearing from our communities um, mm-hmm. So shout out to you for for that transparency. Um, I kind of want to get into school now. So it's not open yet, right? We're looking at the fall for to open. September. Yep, September, September 2022. Yes, sir. Awesome, awesome. And so I kind of want to get into the curriculum. So I know, I know that all the you know the mechanic the the trades that are going on as far as like the Common Core and all of that. How is mm-hmm. that working? And in, in, yeah, just kind of break that down. Right. So right now we're actually thinking about becoming a charter school. Um, And um, of course, when developing that charter, of course, curriculum is included in that. Um, So, of course, we have Common Core, Social Studies, Science, Math, all that stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we want to do STEM. Um, We want to make sure that's a part of um, our curriculum as well. Um, But uh, most for the most part, um, it'll be a basic, you know, curriculum. But I think the curriculums that we have are fine. Um, I do. However, mm-hmm. how they're being taught is is the issue, mm-hmm. and what's being taught is the issue, and how mm-hmm. they're teaching it is be, is the issue. Uh, so I think that's what's going on. Because if you look at most curriculums, it's basic stuff they need to know. You know, right. math, English, you know, all that stuff. It's basic stuff: science, biology, whatever. It's they need to know it. It's just how they're teaching it, the environment they're learning it in, all that stuff. It, it, we have to foster those environments differently. And that's what we have to do. Um, we have to foster different environments for them. We can't squash 40 kids in a classroom with one teacher and expect every child to know what's going on. Right. You know, we can't, uh, you know, put these kids in schools with no discipline, no accountability and all that, you know, and expect these kids to learn stuff. I'm like, it's not even really in the curriculum. It's how we're teaching it. Now, of course, we want to add more things to our curriculum, of course, you know, as far as manhood, and things like that because we'll be a board in school and we have certain habits they'll develop and certain things we'll do and things that we'll do the life prep way or whatever mm-hmm. but um other than that most of our curriculum will be almost virtually the same honestly it's just how it's being taught and of course in addition to us adding you know all of our trade skills family classes etc mainly we'll be adding things instead of taking things away um i think that's uh the main thing that we'll be doing as far as our curriculum so we're kind of putting that together 
have a few uh, former school superintendents that'll be working with us, some former teachers. Um, they're all helping us uh, with our curriculum as well as the Georgia Charter School Association. So, Okay, nice. And as far as like hiring teachers, is it going to be all all male? No, uh, it won't be all male. I do. Okay. They need a balance. I uh, just be all boys yeah. at the school. And of course, they'll have all male instructors. Now, instructors and teachers will be completely different, um, okay. but they will have all male instructors, meaning men that are there to be that man they need to see and of course they have teachers that'll be there to teach that'll be man and male and female i can't discriminate off that that's against the law so <laughs> okay and i do yeah. think i do agree with your philosophy on that the boys and the girls should be separate to learn i just think it's way mm-hmm. better that way um the yep. distraction especially in 2022 especially these days it, with the everything being hypersexualized on tiktok and social yep. media it's just mm-hmm. it's just way better that way the boys okay. cannot concentrate that's just being blunt they cannot concentrate they cannot mm-hmm. think of anything but sex like that's all they think about and talk about all day especially with these phones like i take my little brother phone like one time when he was younger and like going through that dm was madness i was like oh my god son you cannot be talking to these girls like that and y'all sending pictures and oh, oh my, my god. god like sir like come on bro like that's not how it's about to go you know even talk, talking to the other boys about stuff they saying to the girls in the dm and pictures they sending news and these kids smoking at school and drinking lean and all that. i mean it's insane yeah. what, what happens at these schools i mean making sex tapes all that i mean it is insane you know but yeah, uh this this is where we at but this is why we got to have our own school and that's why boys and girls need to be taught separately and no phones no social media no, no nothing yeah Absolutely. so that's mm-hmm. dope. I, you know, I heard you say one thing about, um, like the all the boys will go into the forest and you know stay there for like tw- like twenty days or something. I don't know if it's twenty days. Not, not, not twenty days. Not twenty. No, no, no. Like seven. <laughs> I don't. I forgot. I forgot what it was. Can you talk about that? I said it probably is going to be 48 to 72 hours. Okay. Um, so the things that, that that'll be their graduation requirement. Um, so for the boys to graduate from our uh, program, they have to do that uh, three day training. Well, not training a three day, I guess, uh, coming of man, um, because the many things that we, we would have taught them as far as being able to survive on their own. Of course, they have a written part and a, you know, a testing part or whatever like that. But once they get into the, the real man uh, area, they got to learn how they got to make sure they can do a basic ceiling repair, like a light fixture repair. They got to do a basic oil change, do a basic basic brake change, uh, painting, etc. All those different things, as well as being able to survive with you and twenty other boys for forty eight to seventy two hours mm-hmm. in the wilderness, along with one instructor who can't say anything to you. He's just there to make sure you guys are safe. Um, so you guys got to figure it out. You got to find water. You got to you know maybe kill an animal or two to eat. You got to like y'all got to figure it out. How you gonna find sleep? You know I don't care if it's raining or whatever. We'll be there monitoring. You know, but we won't say anything. We won't help you. You there to figure it out um and you survive those three days and you you feel like a man so yeah. <laughs> that'll we'll make sure they graduate from that but if they don't pass that you gotta do it again that's so. <laughs> that's really that's really special i think that's a great like coming of age uh ritual for the boys to experience because once you go through that you realize like you know having a job as an accountant isn't that hard like i lived out in the exactly. wilderness for 36 hours I yep. was eating bugs and <laughs> sleeping <laughs> under, the, under their tent. Yeah. Like that's that's yeah. super dope. I've never heard of um, anything like that here in the states. Um, yeah, what, I just what? I just want to create some chaos for them like as a young man like even with somehow sometimes the way we'll do our discipline it'll be extremely chaotic mm-hmm. we're trying to create a chaotic environment for them in that uh arena because once they get onto the world and 
it will seem less chaotic out there than what we're going to create for them, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes when they get in trouble at our school. So when they go out there, I'm like, oh, I've dealt with stuff way worse than this. You know, right. like I can, I can, I can push through this easy. Kind of like when I was in Marine Corps boot camp, we dealt with so much crap in Marine Corps boot camp. It takes so much to really just make me upset. Like, cause I dealt with so much at boot camp for thir- three months straight, like mm-hmm. 90 days of pure aggravation and torture. Like, bro, like I, it, it takes a thousand things to make me mad like if, <laughs> if i get angry you really 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 was pushing the button like you really just was trying so hard because i'm a glass half full type of person now like i <laughs> whatever happens happens i'm always on the positive side you know i'm just like oh well well at least i woke up this morning right. you know <laughs> I, just no, keep, I just keep it moving i've definitely yeah. i've definitely noticed that about you especially the way you compose yourself in the roland martin uh interview but I think the the chaos, <laughs> yeah. which was kind of crazy. I, I'm not gonna get into that, but it was just kind of crazy. But I think you, the point you tipped on with the the chaos, I think that's really interesting, and I really do like uh, your motto, kind of like how God said, "Let us create man," because it's mm-hmm. like we're kind of gonna mimic God by taking the chaos and creating order out of it. And so if the boys exactly. can get into a situation that's the like purpose of chaos, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly to make order, like everything has needs balance. Um, yep. and and so if people don't get exposed to that chaos and they get to the real world they're like oh shit you know and then they right. then they fall into you know things that they might not really be needing to get into so right. i think that's that's really powerful um let me see what else i want to get into oh the school board how did you uh go about picking p- people for your school board <laughs> oh man well we're still working on our board right now we have about six or seven board members right now mm-hmm. uh which includes travis cocker and trent brown of the new england patriots uh, Jameer Jackson, CFO of AutoZone, Hovane Hilton with Cinematic Music Group, um, and Patrick Kleins uh, with the uh, University of Texas, San Antonio. Uh, I think they had the, the Roadrunners, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so those are the people on our board right now. I mean, it was crazy. Our principal is actually going to be a woman. Uh, her name is Alex. Um, you actually probably talked to her a few times, but that, that'll actually be the headmistress and the principal at the school. Oh, uh, yeah. She's a hard charger and a bull. Uh, so she's definitely big on discipline, etc. Um, she's done work with the Girl Scouts and things like that. Um, Girls Inc., etc. She runs a very tight shit, way tighter than I run, uh, which is why I get busted all the time. Uh, so yeah, but she'll be uh, the hard charger, the head lady in charge um, at the all boys school. So that'll be pretty interesting. Nice. Is there going to be like any sports teams, football, basketball? We're going to have basketball um, to start out. We do have a basketball gym, so we do want to do a basketball team. We want to have a wrestling team. I uh, do want to do tennis. Um, we won't do football. I don't believe children need to be playing football um, just just for their brain purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind flag football, but I don't believe in playing regular football. Granted, I played my whole life, but I still suffer from things from playing football to this day. Um, which is why I stopped playing, you know, in high school after finding out so many things. I just was like, it ain't worth it. Mm-hmm. But um, other than that, uh, we'll try to have as many sports as we can. We're also wanting to introduce different sports to the boys, such as bowling and ping pong, et cetera. These children don't understand that um, you can get paid uh, for so many different sports that we don't get into. Like if you go watch the Olympics and go watch all these weird sports you've never seen before that people get paid to do. I'm like, every sport we get into, we take over. Like we need to go play right. that, you right. know, like. Like they got ping, people like uh, professional ping pong players make $140,000 a year on average. I'm like, I need to be playing ping pong. Like, right. <laughs> but, but this is what we should be doing. We should be practicing these things. Bowling, professional bowlers make money, mm-hmm. golfing. I mean, whatever. They got these 
all types of crazy sports with me. I was watching um uh something at uh, I was at Applebee's with my best friend the other day, and we was looking at this one sport. I didn't know what it was, but it looked it cool. But I'm just like, ain't nothing but white people, you know. But right. I'm just like, we got to get into that stuff, you know. We got to teach our boys about you know cricket and you know pickleball and all that stuff. This stuff make money, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, lacrosse, all that stuff, we got to get them into these sports. So that's what I want to do on the hockey team, you name it. I want to try to get them into all these different sports that we don't just normally do because they feel like they only can play basketball and football. I'm like, if you're that athletic at that, you'll be super athletic at this. But also getting them to understand that everything ain't just white. Like some of them don't want to do certain stuff because they just feel like it's just a white thing. I'm just like, mm-hmm. or 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 we just don't participate in it. You know, like you should start because it makes money. Right. Um, so, but that's yeah. that's all that is. Um, but definitely we'll have sports. Absolutely. I, I definitely see that. Uh, oh, that's that's not as white or or mm-hmm. um, that's not something that black people do because they don't see people in it, you know, and they can't, exactly. they don't imagine themselves doing it because they don't see anybody else doing it. And I think another piece is they don't get exposed to other experiences and cultures to even like think about the idea. They don't even, it doesn't even enter their head that, oh, maybe I should, I could be do curling or luge or something like that. It doesn't, yeah. it never enters their head because they don't get exposed to it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's really important for our young men to get exposed to, to those kind of things. Absolutely. Um, I know you mentioned uh, the cooking piece. There's going to be any cooking in there. I know you kind of got a little bit of culinary background. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I do have culinary background. Um, I, ha- I did some uh, previous workshops with my beginning crew. I uh, taught them how to make some cinnamon rolls from scratch. We did omelets and things like that. Um, but I do want to incorporate cooking um, whenever we get our kitchen. I do have a my former chef um, who taught me everything I know in regards to the kitchen. Um, he, you know, he wants to come and teach the boys at our school. Um, he's about 70 something years old now, but he still wants to come and teach the boys as much as he can, you know, until he gets, you know, sits down and retires. Um, But yeah, I definitely want to incorporate that. And just like you were saying, it's so much that they don't know that they don't know. Um, That's important for me. Um, So right now, um, you know, just again, exposing them to so many different things. I kind of want them to do a lot of different things. um, So that way, you know, their minds are open and that way they can understand they have a lot of things that they can do. Not just those few things that you heard about, but you have many things you can do. So, right. So I know um, you mentioned the greenhouse project. Is there any mm-hmm. update on that? Can you tell me about that? Yeah. Um, well, right now um, we're in the, in the process of talking with the U.S. Department of Energy about that project, um, and it's it was really a low key project um, that we were trying to bring to the city of Albany because we didn't want to like really say anything until like it was confirmed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll, we're in the talks with them for bringing 20 acres worth of greenhouses to our 40 acres. Mm-hmm. Um, that will bring a lot of much needed healthy food to the city of Albany. We're number 14 in the nation for hypertension. Uh, we have so many dialysis clinics uh, here in the city of Albany. People are unhealthy. Uh, we just got a, a grocery store on the south side of town maybe two or three months ago. Um, and what was happening over there is, is terrible because a lot of people over there don't have transportation. And so these people are having to eat Burger King, McDonald's, KFC, and all that stuff all day, yeah. you know, and it just contributing to more and more terrible health, um, you know, for these people that can't even access any fresh uh, fruit or veggies. Uh, so we want to make sure we're doing that. Uh, and I'm excited about that because it, it's no pesticides. Uh, it, you yield a lot more food and it grows 10 times faster with uh, mm. 10 times less water, like 90% less wow. water, I believe. Um, so I'm extremely excited about that um, because it'll give a lot of uh, uh, healthy food. So, um, but no major updates on that. We do have a call soon. Um, I believe next Thursday, we do have a call. So uh, we're just trying to you know, kind of keep that on the little deal right now until we get it 
really up um, and really running. So I'm excited about that, though. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah, that's really important because I know most of our communities are food deserts. Like the kids are eating hot chips, messing their stomach up. I actually had a young man tell me, he was like, man, my grandma told me not to eat them Takis. And then I got hemorrhoids. <laughs> and yeah, after that, kids, oh. It'll be anything. Man. That, anything. No, it's it's terrible. Like the, the sausage, the hot Cheetos. Oof, man. Man. And, yeah. It's insane. And, you know, nobody ever teaches them about health either. So, you know, they don't really know, like, what's bad and what's good. You know, they just eat anything. Um, I mean, most of the time you go in. What's crazy is, like, you go to these grocery stores and look at their buggies, and the buggies look ridiculous. Like, it's just full of snacks and, and bologna snacks. and snacks. noodles and Pop-Tarts and Zebra Cakes and oatmeal pies and no Kool-Aid jammers. No nothing. You know, they'll get some cheap chicken and stuff like that or whatever. But, you know, it's just fries and pizza rolls and just ignorance you know in, the, in their buggies you know but then they'll claim that eating healthy is expensive and i'm just like right. dude you just spent like 30 dollars on pot tarts like bro <laughs> you know like stop telling me eating healthy is expensive it's not right. when you actually try to eat healthy and actually want to cook for your dang kids mm-hmm. it's insane you know so i don't be making no excuses for nobody you know they can tell me all that expensive crap they want but when i keep going to these grocery stores and looking at y'all get two thousand dollars worth of food stamps and a whole two buggies full of junk food Come insane Absolutely so crazy. i don't want to hear it man that's crazy yep i want to know will you ever go into politics nope <laughs> nope <laughs> No, sir. I don't have any political aspirations. Don't plan on running for anything. I'm I'm strictly, you know, working with the children. I may help some of them do yeah. something if they want to run for something one day, but I don't have any. That's a dirty game. I don't got time for that. You know, it's it's just too much. I don't feel like dancing in nobody's drum. Um, so I'll keep, you know, working with these children and and, and affecting change here um where I am. But I'm only 22, so but that's what I say now. Who knows right. what'll happen in 20 years or whatever. But as for right now. Absolutely not. Yeah, I do. I agree with you. It's it's a dirty game. And I feel like it's not about serving the people. It's about just ha- holding power. Because yep. even, even just the way that I've seen you've been treated like with the in the media, I've seen the, the dynamics like, oh, well, the right supporting him. So we can't, uh, you know, he's a, a agent or a, a fed or something like that. I'm just like, yeah, what? Insane. Like, I'm it like, really is to do? literally like, like that is crazy. <laughs> I'm like, what y'all want me to do? Go tell, put a sign up and be like, hey, y'all can't support me because y'all are white and Republican. Like, what y'all want me to do? Like, everybody loves it. I got Spanish people love my work. Got people in Australia that like it. I got people in Spain and in in China. All these people love what we're doing. What you want me to put a sign up and say, hey, only black people are allowed to like it so y'all can keep right. talking trash about me and not donate and, and trying to help these kids, you know, mm. and, and got the first thing to say, you know, I remember on social media, it was all these black people had everything to say, but talking about something, give it the money back and blah 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 i'm like ain't none of y'all donated a penny like what are you talking about (laughs) give the money back (laughs) what what are y'all talking about like it was insane bro like people just making all type of crazy statuses here in my hometown man it was absolutely ridiculous but i was just looking at folks like all right (laughs) people are really crazy people really crazy as hell and they fall into that game of uh division that the media tries to pull like it's it's getting more and more obvious since covid has hit just how much of division they try to sow among regular people mm-hmm. and that's why yep. i think what joe rogan is doing and that's kind of what why i want to start my podcast is because when you start to talk to people for an hour two hours you start to realize that all the things that they tried to get you to focus on the differences they're trivial they're really minor yep. 
And yep. what you have in common is that you're both human. You both love your family and you want the best mm-hmm. for everybody else. And so yep. if we can all discover that, wow, we might actually work together and get better outcomes for everybody. Yep. That's why we have the I am a man March uh, on April 30th through May 1st. Uh, so the, the main purpose of that march is to bring all these men from all over the country uh you know to uh, albany georgia and we'll just have these discussions about health and about finance and about family etc and just to show mm. men from all these different political ideologies from all these different places that we actually have a lot in common and we really don't ag- disagree with a lot it's what the media gives us to disagree about mm-hmm. and so you know i want to have all these men come from all over the country talk about these things and gives us give us some calls to action you know in our communities and stop watching tv and get off social media with all this nonsense but you know c- create you know work for each other you know and and charge each other with doing work so every year you know we come back to the march and we have something that we did from the year before you know so and give out awards etc for the Men in their communities and what they're doing so i'm extremely excited about that but that'll be april 30th through may 1st uh in the city of albany georgia the i am a man march um and convention april 30th Sorry. okay i might try to go up there and bring some of the guys that'd be that'd be nice oh yeah absolutely i'll send you the uh the website um so you can maybe take a second and um go register on there um it's a hundred dollars for the two-day event um, that'll be for vendors and people who want to, you know, um, go, you know, buy stuff from people and participate in the panels, or um, you can get the two hundred dollar ticket, which will get you um, in the dinner to be able to talk to all the celebrity guests and all the speakers, as well as the raffle and you know have a nice dinner uh, and network. Um, and of course, the actual march on May first is free. So right. if you don't want to come to that, then you just come to the march, which is free. Um, hear the speakers, and you know we can talk about some of the things that we discussed the previous day. And um, that'll be it. But um, I'm excited about all the men, you know, that'll be coming. We're expecting no less than a thousand men. So I'm extremely excited about it since it's our second year doing it. The first year I did it, um, I had about 400 men show up. So I'm extremely excited about um, this next year. It's going to be awesome. That's what's up. Okay. Um, I actually want to change gears. I want to ask you, have you ever heard of a dude named Grandmaster Jay? I have. I, I, I think I interviewed him one time. If not, I was on his podcast or something, I believe. That name, um, I think it was like last March, maybe, or so. Okay, yeah. I, he, do, I do know that name. Yeah, he had that black militia. I, I want to know like, what your thoughts are about Oh, that. wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I know who that is. Okay, I probably went on his podcast, but I know exactly what you're talking about now. What, what about it now? Just like, what are your general thoughts about him? I know he's like, I think he's in jail now or something. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I mean, you don't I think, know. Oh, okay. I think it's called the inf- the infact. Right? Infact, yeah, not not yeah. effing around, crew. Yeah. I mean, um, you know me, I got better shows of power than that, you know, and you know I used to be that type of guy, but you know after studying the genius of Dr. King, man, and you know me, people always got to say, oh, he was so you know soft and blah blah blah. I'm like, no, he wasn't. I'm like, bro, you mean to tell me some KKK members call you and be like, you come to my town, I'm a I'm a hang you basically or whatever and he just go show right up to their front like what you were saying <laughs> what you were saying bro? <laughs> you know but he was he was so effective in making america look like you know trash to the whole world i mean it was insane and they they couldn't figure out his tactic you mm-hmm. know and how he was able to make so much change because he was making america who's supposed to be the superpower you know look like you know complete garbage before the whole world by not right. being violent um and it was it was an extremely smart tactic but um 
you know, uh, just like I say all the time, it's way more of them than it is of, of us. Yeah. If we were, if they did try and start some war or whatever, they would drop whatever they need to drop on us, and that would be the end. Be uh, you know, so I'm just like, you got to flex in a different way. You got to flex with your pockets. You were the biggest spending power in America. Um, we can flex with our pockets on them. You know, we can flex and open our own stuff. We can flex and take care of our own people, but that ain't how we want to flex. We want to take pictures and look like we're doing something, but we're not doing anything. I can yeah. look like, and I can prance around with guns all day but are we doing something you know that's my biggest thing so mm-hmm. i mean i got guns and i take the boys firearms training but that ain't the, the purpose of our message you know i don't i don't care to go show police how bad we can be or whatever mm-hmm. like that you know that I, I'm, I promise i ain't gonna get no better than them and i ain't finna get out here and cap them for beating killed us up <laughs> real quick they just they want a reason to kill us anyway so why right. i give one you know <laughs> but uh no uh but i mean you know whatever people feel like is gonna uh, help advance the people and i mean that's on them but that's not my method that ain't my fight just like i told roland i my fight is working with these children and you know i'll support whoever i believe you know is actually trying to you know move things forward but that ain't the way to go in my opinion you know but mm-hmm. you know i may be wrong you know but again that's just just an opinion of mine um and i don't not support them or anything that's just you know we have different methods and different ideologies so for sure so what do you like to do for fun like what do you like you know when you kicking kicking back, enjoying yourself, what do you like? <laughs> uh, this this is my fun, bro. Like I, this is what I enjoy doing. Um, I don't really watch TV. Don't have time to. I wake up in the morning, don't go. I work during the day, and I go home and go to sleep. <laughs> but I mean, like I like to play video games sometimes. I mean, whenever I got time to play my game, I'll play it. Maybe for about an hour or two. Um, I read books. What am I reading right now? I hear. <laughs> I got like a few books I'm probably reading. Um, the subtle art of not giving a f. Yeah, that's a good one. Cool little book. Yeah, I'm reading that right now. Um, and I'm reading the Frederick Douglass book. But um, but yeah, uh, for right now, you know, I do that. I don't smoke or drink or anything. Um, man, that's about it, man. I mean, me and my uh, my administrator, we go eat all the time and be fat. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. That's about it. But uh, no, nah, I don't really do too much else. Uh, I mean, sometimes when I travel with my manager, you know, we'll go, you know, hang out or go, uh, you know, eat some food and stuff like that. But I don't really do too much stuff, man. I, I'm an old man. <laughs> no, I feel that. Have you heard of an organization called Black Men Build? Yeah, I've heard of that before. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it yeah. in Atlanta? Yeah, there's one in Atlanta. They have a chapter here in Miami, too. That's an organization I just got hip to. Um, so I'm definitely trying to start building something with them. But I would be, it would be dope if okay. we could get you to come to Miami. Would you ever be down to come to Miami? Of course, yeah, I've been there before. Um, I have family there. I have a lot of family there, actually. My my um my grandmother lives there. My dad's mom, she lives there, and all her family, uh, lives there. I have a great grandfather there in Miami as well. So um, I've been there before. Um, definitely wouldn't mind coming back. Mm-hmm. Nice, yeah. I'm trying to, cause like, you know, your story makes me want to do something in the summer and partner with Black Men Build to do something with our kids. I know uh, there's an organization called Five Thousand Role Models. Have you heard of that? Never heard of that. So it's kind of similar to what you're doing. It's basically like getting men in the community to mentor uh, our young boys in these schools. Mm-hmm. Started by a senator. Her name escapes me, um, but she was a real famous like Florida senator. And mm-hmm. um, they do the same thing, like, you know, taking the boys to museums and the zoo. Sometimes I'll take them to the prison, which I kind of have weird vibes about. I didn't really like that. Yeah, the only thing with that, I, I would only do that for my boys like, that's really, really, really like out there. Cause 
like I got maybe two, three boys that I wouldn't mind like them going to visit the jail because they is the boys who think they hard, but they not like they yeah. want to be hard so bad. And uh, I'm like, I want to take you there for real because you, so you think like this a you think this a game like you just think life like they want to be so bad. I got one boy I call NBA Young Boy because he just want to <laughs> live his whole life like NBA Young Boy. He got a great family. I mean, his parents they're good with him. He makes great grades. He just want to be hard so bad. I'm like, bro. You are 13. You are the softest little <laughs> kid I know. You know nothing. You know, but he wasn't the one that needed to go go to jail and go to the prison and, and let one of them yell at him two or three times so he could pee in his clothes. Like right. that's that's what they need. You know, I'm like, bro, this no. is this is not the lifestyle, bro. You know, but that's that's what they like, you know. But some of them, yeah, but not just like every kid. I don't need to take no every kid in no prison. They don't need to see that. You know, it's just, just only the ones that need it. Like pick out specific kids uh for that, but not not every one of them. No, that's yeah. that's insane. The way NBA Young Boy got a grip on the young kids, that everybody loves Young Boy. They, young they will fight you about NBA they Young Boy. I'm so young serious. Boy. I'm like, bro, y'all is insane about this dude, bro. Like, he number like 21, 22. Uh, I think like 21, 20. Yeah, got like eight, nine kids, bro. Like, it's insane. Yeah, they, <laughs> they, they love, love that boy. Him. Like my roommate, the the young dude I live with, he be playing Young Boy all day, every day. Wait, fall asleep to Young Boy, baby. wake up, Young Boy. I'm just like, oh my god, like. <laughs> They love like, him to yo, death. This is crazy. And they love, I, to death. they love him to death. And I was, I think the the music that we had listened to is really powerful. And I don't want <clears throat> to take away anybody's creative freedom, but I think there's got to be a way we can weaponize that for our gain and our benefit. And so I don't yeah. know what that looks like, but that's something that I've been exploring with my uh my young homies because they like to make music too. And mm-hmm. so I've, I always t- I actually asked them on a podcast. Uh, we recorded this past weekend. I was like, you know, like, why do y'all rap about killing, like killing each other all the time? And the reason why I want to ask that is because I know a lot of people who are outside of our community are always kind of like using that music as a, oh, well, you know, that's all they do is they're just gangbangers and right. blah, blah, blah. So I wanted you right. know, them to be able to explain it to them, explain it for themselves. And they're basically like, you know, it's just, it's just entertainment. Like we're not taking it real serious. Um, mm-hmm. But I do fear that some of our young brothers do take it a little too serious, kind of like that thirteen-year-old you mentioned. And so that's where they, I see they they want to be just like what they be hearing. And they want to be hard. Yeah. yeah, and I be trying to tell them, I'm like, bro, like these kids are trying to live their life like these songs. Like they try to make their life into what they hear on these songs. I'm like, bro, like no, like, <laughs> right? Like, insane. It's like, like watching a movie. Life is nothing like that. Like, nothing what is like wrong that. with y'all? Like, but. <laughs> But that's because that's the biggest influence in their lives, especially with those who don't have, you know, um, fathers. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm glad to be in the lives of some of my boys because they always say all the time. They just like, you know, like listening to them. They always talk about how I'm like the biggest, most successful person they know and stuff like that. And they listen, you know, they don't like to disappoint me and things like that. So, you know, a lot of them are a work in progress. But like just today, like just hearing some of the things that happened, like um, like today, uh, I had a, I have a 14 year old. Um, he was shot when he was 13, um, being gang affiliated, et cetera, you know, mm-hmm. but ever since he's been coming to the program, he's been such a good kid. You know, he's been developing a whole lot. Um, you know, he's brought all his grades up at school to A's and B's. Um, he's got the game, you know, he, he talks to me every time we have, you know, conflict corner or something or whatever. He just come pull me to the side. We just, you know, talk, you know, his mom told me today, she was like, you know, he was student, student of the month. You know, I was like, what? I'm like, bring me the certificate and stuff tomorrow. Like we got to take a picture and stuff like, mm-hmm. but this is, these are games. Like, you know, you've been coming for a while. The first thing I, the first picture I ever saw of him is that his mom, his mom sent me was a picture of him on the table with a gunshot wound, you know, mm-hmm. like that's the first time I ever seen a picture of this kid, right. you know, but you know, to see him, you know, develop 
camping and back in school and got his grades up and you know staying out of the wrong crowd and and he, I mean the student of the month you know it's insane getting out the gang and all that I mean it's it's a, it's amazing to see you know just the small progress that I'm able to make uh, with the children I mean I love it and I couldn't I wouldn't trade it for the world yeah, that, that story is just showing like our kids are really thirsty for that positive influence and just a reason to do good. Honestly, like mm-hmm. I, I met some dudes that are just like they're 21 years old, you know, been shot like five times. I just met them like, you know, maybe a day. They're sending me like pictures of them with their kids and show, <laughs> showing me the presentations they're doing in college or in class. Just I'm just like, wow, like they just wanted somebody who just gives a shit like <laughs> somebody right. to just notice what they're doing and say, you know what? That's like that's that's what you're supposed to be doing. Like, well done. Like, it's crazy yeah. how little that they need and that they're still not even getting that. And so that's exactly. what that's what makes me want to just be able to just do something. It's like, all right, we don't need to do a whole lot. We just got to do something. Yep, absolutely. Just got to do something. I call the do something plan. You know, it ain't got to be nothing special. You ain't got to open no school. You ain't got to start no program. Just do something. Go mm-hmm. find a kid to mentor, one kid to mentor. I always say every man need to be responsible for at least one child that's not here, at least one. Mm-hmm. And we could definitely be in a, a much better place with just that little thing. Um, find a kid to feed, you know, find a family to feed once a week, whatever. Just do something to, to alleviate some pressure for somebody. And I promise, you know, you'll get those blessings back and it'll make our communities just a little bit you know the morale go up a little bit more so um just just little things absolutely yeah we need like a standard in our community like kind of like you said like one one man needs to be responsible at least one (laughs) one kid that ain't his or or something like you're gonna kill him too just (laughs) one like it is not gonna kill you to go take that kid to school in the morning or get him twice a week and go take him to the park eat some ice cream just talk to him sometime help him with his home it ain't gonna hurt nothing i promise you it ain't you Mm. know but that's where we at. That's yeah, where we with so many men that don't have kids, man. And you know, it's ridiculous. I'm just yeah. like, y'all can go get one kid at least, my goodness, and spend $20 a week on them, you know, right. going to get them something to eat or something. So I gotta be honest though, I'm pretty optimistic about the future. I, I'm bullish on the black future because I think the energy <laughs> that I've been that I've been seeing from young men that I meet on the street and then obviously people that I see on social media, I feel I feel like change is in the air. I feel like mm-hmm. there's a renewed sense of pride in in us to take care of our shit, especially in the the, the, new, the younger generation, like the 16, 17, 18 year olds. They're starting right. to see, you know what, there's a lot of bullshit going on that is mm-hmm. changeable. And there are also yep. young people a little bit older than me that are doing it and it inspires them to to do better. So I'm really right. excited. I'm really excited about the future. Um, yeah, talk- me too. Absolutely. Um, I know the school is going to be opening in September. Is there anything else you want people to know about that you got? upcoming besides the the march uh that's about it man um and we'll be having a volunteer day in march as well so if you guys want to follow me on social media at new emerging king and you can go to our website at the you can go there and see all the information about our uh, how to donate uh, our website will show you um all of our pictures how to our board our business review whatever you need to know about our organization will be on the website for you if you got any questions you want to ask you can reach out on the website, et cetera. Everything will be there on the website for you. And of course, the March, you can go to imamanmarch.org to register, um, get more information about the March. And um, we we'll look forward to seeing you. Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, do you want to end with the, the Kentrell uh, quote? You already know it. I see yeah. it every time. Yeah, <laughs> I see you interviews but yeah yes, every i ended uh uh with a quote from our local hometown hero rapper his name is Cantrell. he says obstacles are optical illusions they're not really there jump high anyway jump high just in case
Absolutely. Well, hey, King Rail, thank you so much. Great meeting you. I will be in touch in the future. All right. All right, man. Peace out. Peace.